0: Hi atop Chicago Skyline studio on Memorial Day, and it is also the uh, the kickoff of summer and as everybody i 'm sure full swing you know enjoying uh, you know your barbecue, your burgers, your hot dogs your cold beverages, and of course we want to always recognize the men and women in uniform made the ultimate uh, sacrifice in a day like today to give that respect and uh, and that recognition so we 'll have that we 're going to be touching on some of that throughout the course of the day as I'll be with you until 7 and then it is also the kind of the aftermath right of the Indy 500 the station has been uh, in on the Indy 500 in a bunch of different ways of course the original radio voice for that great spectacle in racing and so we have the race we do the live pre-race show we capture all of the pageantry it's exciting one of our kind of sister companies the the CW did 100 days to Indy that big documentary Uh, showcasing the personalities, a little bit of the drama, the backstories behind some of those drivers in on all that. And then the documentary Brace for the Race, which uh, has been really cool. Like documentaries are always cool. I love those in a lot of different ways. And this has been sort of real time where they were getting some of the stuff and using some of the stuff. And so it's exciting uh, to see that happening as well. I know that's been on, I think at least once, I think it's going to be rebroadcast. Again, and uh, when you think about all of those things that are happening, uh, you know, the backdrop of uh, of the tailgating and the barbecue and all that. So we're going to do a little bit of race recap. We'll talk a little bit about that in 312-981-7200 if you want to add your thoughts. If you made your way down uh, tens of thousands of fans from the Chicago or the biggest contingent from uh, from a market is from Chicago, even though people come in. From around the world, we're also going to talk a little bit about the kickoff this summer. Some of the cool things that are happening here in Chicago. There's no better place to be than Chicago in uh, in the summertime. And uh, so we'll talk about some of the big festivals that are happening. Some of the things that people are looking forward to. It is a barbecue holiday. It is one of those big ones. Uh, for barbecue. So we're going to have some of the top people in the country on the barbecue side that are going to be making their way here to Chicago to bring their brand of barbecue to what it is that we're going to be doing. So we're going to have all of that uh, as well. Jim Cornelison is going to join us. He is equal bits, right? Chicago and Indianapolis. And so he's going to talk a little bit about bringing that national anthem side to the Blackhawks and of course back home in Indiana, uh, which is, I mean, he's the voice of Really, that sets that stage and sets that place on fire as well. We're going to talk travel. And then the back half of this, we're going to have Dave Hammond. He's the uh, editor the Dining and Drinking Editor for uh, New City Magazine. He's going to join us as well. So I think we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Leonard Hoops. He is the executive director for Visit Indy. He's going to join us. And we're going to talk a little bit about not only the, uh, you know, everything that happened at the Indianapolis 500, but all those great reasons to get down there. Uh, All through the years. It is Memorial Day. It is the day after the greatest spectacle in racing, the Indianapolis 500, the largest one day sporting event in the world, bringing in tens of thousands of people from Chicago, people from all over the world they are there for that race they are there in indy and the guy sort of as i don't know if he's he's got his hand on the pulse of all of those things not only for that huge event that bucket list event but all year long sharing the stories the personalities and all the cool stuff to do in indianapolis it's the executive director for visit indy the one and only leonard hoops leonard welcome to wgn okay hey, thanks for having me well it's it's great to have you i don't know if this is kind of the thing where with your job after the Indy 500, all of those people, 350, 400,000 people, if you feel like it's jump-started the excitement around Indianapolis or you feel like you need a nap?
1: Well, it's definitely a little bit of both. Uh, the Monday after the race is always a nice day uh, to relax and, and appreciate what Memorial Day means and, uh, and appreciate what we just witnessed over the course of the weekend. And the um, you know the race itself uh, is the culmination of an entire month of incredible events. So uh, it's definitely both sorts of things. It's both a catalyst and the rest of the year, but but it, it was an amazing weekend as it always is.
0: Now you think about it, you know, a lot of people are down there for the race people that aren't even huge. Motorsports fans want to get in on it. It's a bucket list event, you know, And then through the process of experiencing, the track, you know, if they're going to be there, it does happen over the course of a few days, really, right? With Carb Day, you know, Legends Day and all that. And so inevitably they're going to get to see a little bit of Indianapolis. So so your thoughts as you, and you handle a lot of this, you bring in a lot of people, you're there sort of hosting. What are some of the highlights? You know, there's a lot of things to do, but what are some of those top things you kind of present to people when they visit?
1: Well, you know, I moved to Indianapolis back in 2011 and I had lived most of my life on the West coast before that. And so, I've done 12 races, and over those last 12 years, uh, you know, the only one I missed is, is, is what everybody missed, which was the one in 2020. And uh, I've had a lot of friends and family come into town, and, and, and so I get a sense from what they want to do, what, what other folks want to do. But, you know, in downtown Indy, we've got um, a ton of attractions, starting with White River State Park, which is where our zoo is. The tw- it's literally a 250-acre park across the street from a 1,000-room hotel at the JW Marriott. And you've got a zoo, you've got the NCAA Hall of Champions, Indiana State Museum, Idle George Museum, a canal walk, all these different sorts of things. And so I think a lot of folks uh, love being downtown. Certainly the hotels uh, are filled up downtown as they are, frankly, in all of central Indiana for an event that brings in three hundred fifty to 400,000 people. But we also have the world's largest children's museum. We've got uh, New Fields, which is our art museum. And so our attractions are really uh, they have a great weekend leading up until that race on Sunday.
0: I think anybody who's been there for whether it's a you know a trade show or a convention or any of those kind of marquee events, you know, we've talked a lot about the Indy Five Hundred, but you guys host the you know the Final Four, the NCAA football championship, the Super Bowl, right? It regularly makes a stop in Indianapolis. So for the people that have not been there, it, it's kind of it's kind of super planned, right? Everything is within walking distance to the hotels, the convention center, and all of those venues.
1: Well, sometimes uh, po- folks joke around that we're Chicago-like. You know, we're, we're, we've got a lot of the same kinds of things, professional sports and big hotels and a big convention center, not on the scale of a McCormick or, or, or the total number of rooms you have, but, but on a scale much larger than most cities. And so, uh, to your point, the whole downtown, frankly, has been master planned for about 50 years. Uh, beginning in 1972, when we opened up the uh, first phase of the convention center, there have been five expansions, six then – We've connected 12 hotels by skywalks to the convention center. We've built uh, two arenas, uh, the most recent Gainbridge Fieldhouse, uh, three blocks away from the convention center. The football stadium, the second one, we had the Hoosier Dome, and now we have the Lucas Oil Stadium, is also connected directly to the convention center. And so you've got all these hotels, restaurants, pubs, attractions, sporting facilities in the convention center, essentially all connected to each other, along with a, a mall in downtown Indianapolis. And so literally the downtown has been designed to host big conventions and major sporting events uh, over a 50-year period
0: so for visit indy you know are you in on any of those meetings because obviously when everybody is going to do something they're going to have a you know host an event and everything they're going to do the normal things with a press release and kind of getting it out to the local media but it's kind of on you leonard hoops right to kind of share that with the greater wider world like here's some really cool stuff going on
1: uh, absolutely i mean we're in on all of that stuff so we, we're uh you know the Indiana Sports Corp uh, might lead a sports bid, but we're we're with them as far as getting all the venues booked and the hotel contracts and things like that. We run all the big tourism campaigns. We're the group responsible for big uh, booking all the big conventions. Uh, some of the folks, uh, some of my friends in Chicago, were mad at us because we uh, recently booked the Sweets and Snacks Expo, which had been 25 years in, in Chicago, and and they just got done. Meeting there last week and, and beginning next year, they begin meeting in Indy two out of every three years uh, moving forward. So uh, y- it's a uh, you know uh, Chicago gets plenty of business, so I'm, I'm sure they'll do fine. But uh, <laughs> but I- I- Indy has definitely emerged on the radar of a lot of folks over the last couple of years, particularly on the convention side.
0: Oh, man, Leonard, <laughs> it, you know uh, Jeff you know, Carlin just mentioned you know the, just the general disappointment in the city. You know the the city is crying a little bit. Of course, the dentists probably are also crying. So you think about the business impact that you're having by stealing it. You know you're improving. <laughs> maybe the dental hygiene, but also you're costing a lot of money. Is there, you know, for, for any kind of group, whatever, even morticians I'm sure have sort of a time of year where they get together in Orlando or something and they kind of talk shop or there's people that are going to try to sell them different things. Do you, I mean, is there is there competition where you say to like Chicago, you're like, hey, you know, sweets and snacks, we're coming for you. Is there is there any kind of uh, dynamic like that?
1: Well, you know, there's, there's folks who say it's all fair and love and convention business. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I get along great with all folks in Chicago. Uh, your, your newer CEO, Lynn, uh, the guy who runs sales for, uh, for two Chicago used to work for visit Indy, uh, two jobs ago. Uh, we're all friends, but at the same time, it's kind of a zero sum game. You know, you're either going to get a group for one year or not get the group for one year. It's not going to meet in the same place in, you know, in the same year. Uh, but you might get them one year and then Chicago gets them five years later. And then you get them three years after that and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, it, it, it's definitely a competition, but it's a very friendly competition. People get along well. We're all economic development professionals who have come up in sales and marketing uh, over the decades. And, and uh, uh, so it's a lot of fun. By the, by the way, you mentioned the dentist. We are hosting the American Dental Association in <laughs> 2026 20, as well so that should work out fine
0: it's part of that master plan that you were talking yeah. about yeah. right you gotta have you gotta go yeah. where the where the customers are here's the other thing that you guys have going on and you know for those people that are out in the you know the greater des moines iowa visitor bureau maybe they don't have a lot to do maybe they're kind of sitting around let's you know let's try to get something together and, and figure out some way to generate some buzz the people in indianapolis it seems like and i've been covering it for a number of years is there's always something kind of cool going on and and a lot on the food scene as well and working with your staff that are always out there kind of sharing that story is the indiana and indianapolis food scene is really working hard and and growing and getting a lot better a lot of things to be excited about on the restaurant side
1: yeah you know we get a lot of backhanded compliments in the sense that we'll be called by food and wine for example the most underrated food city you'd rather not be underrated you'd rather people know that you're a great food city but like a chicago like a new orleans or a san francisco as a guy who moved here from san francisco uh, in 2011 I can tell you, you know, the typical convention delegate is going to find a very comparable restaurant scene for the amount of time they're going to be here as they would in any big city in America. Uh, you know, it, to the point, you know, if you're here for a week, you're obviously going to find a week's worth of great restaurants if you want to find, uh, you know, top-rated restaurants and Baird nominees, that sort of thing. Um, you know, if you live here, you're, you're going to have more options in, in, a, in a bigger city like a Chicago or New York or Washington, D.C. But uh, any typical visitor is going to have, you know, more than enough restaurants to keep them, uh, happy for, you know, every visit they come into. We have annual conventions that have been here, uh, for decades and there are, there are folks who come in for those conventions every year who still haven't gotten to all the, the places they want to get to because there is a lot of great places, you know, in downtown Indianapolis, uh, to, to, uh, besides the big stalwarts like the San Elmo and Everybody knows about the steaks and the shrimp cocktail and that sort of thing.
0: <laughs> but it's still great. In fact, it's too full. You need to open up another location there or some sort of like adjunct, you know, a tenting situation where, because, you know, we try to get into St. Elmo's for the famous steak and the and the shrimp cocktail. But, you never, uh, Prime 47 is a place that we yep. spent quite a bit of time at. And, and it's it was absolutely great. I mean, it's, it was one of the best restaurants I've had in, in a long time.
1: Well, I don't know if the data supports this, but it sure seems like we have more steakhouses per capita. Uh, than just about any city in America. I mean, that that's the the uh, in the core uh, meal of Indianapolis.
0: So it's one thing you can predict and you can sort of plan on which is the Indy 500, you know it's going to be there. You know what's going to happen. You can you can and you get a little bit of a heads up from uh you know from the restaurant side, new chefs in town, new restaurant openings and your great team Morgan and uh and Nate, they do an excellent job. But sometimes you get thousands of years right to plan for this like let's say an eclipse. And so this is going to be big. We're going to be bringing in maybe a, a lesser known demographic right? You're not, I mean, I don't know, unless you guys are hosting the, you know, the uh, Star Trek convention or the astrological, you know, enthusiasts group or whatever, but how do you plan for that? Something so big, but kind of hard to get your hand around.
1: Yeah, I was wondering if you can ask me about it, because I was going to bring it up if you didn't. I mean, April 8th of 2024, we are in the uh, path of totality for the eclipse. And we know that there have been some small towns uh, in America over the last couple of eclipses where they're in the path of totality. They got, you know, hundreds of thousands of visitors that came to their city during that time. So we've actually got our um, museums and attractions and others working on a full weekend of things leading into that, which I believe is a Monday, uh, the April the 8th. And so uh, so we've, we've got activities planned for the whole weekend. So, you know, in, in this world, you're trying to fill hotel rooms as many nights as possible. So if we can get a Friday and a Saturday and a Sunday night leading into that Monday eclipse. We're going to do that. Um, there's a uh, uh, like, for example, I think the Art Museum Newfields is doing something called "Total Eclipse of the Art," uh, you know, as part of that uh, weekend, and 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 so you've got all sorts of folks just figuring out different ways to activate around an eclipse theme.
0: I can see it happening. Pass- #hashtag Passive Totality, right? You got to make that sort of a buzzword, but that's on don't you. Don't you. That's a. <laughs> That's on you, Leonard. So before we let you go, and people are going to be excited about all that stuff. There's reasons all year long. You mentioned the Children's Museum, all the great sports, all that kind of stuff happening, uh, going on. And so before we let you go, give the uh, here, let's see I can get this going. Oh yeah, before we let you go, give the the website for people to get more information and kind of get a heads up on all the festivals and events that are happening right there in Indy.
1: Well, first of all, you know, anytime uh, you talk about eclipse, I guess you're at risk of having your call up but the, um, uh, the, the website is www.visitindy.com. Visit and I-N-D-Y dot com. You can learn all about the eclipse and everything else to do in
0: see in Indy. One of the best in the business. Leonard Hoops, get your rest. you got a lot to promote and be excited about there in Indy. Thanks for jumping on the show today.
1: Enjoy being with you guys. Thanks.
0: All right. When we come back from the break, we are going to have Jim Cornelius, and he is the voice not only of the Blackhawks, our mighty Blackhawks, but he is also the voice of uh, the Indy five. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's also the voice of the Indy 500 with Back Home again in Indiana. And that great suggestion about the eclipse that came from Jeff Carlin, Andrew Harris also in there. So, guys, have you ever seen an eclipse? Have you ever stood outside maybe in third grade with a toilet paper roll? And uh, I drove down to see it in Carbondale in 2017 and cry next to, uh, to our good friend uh, Tom Skilling. It was amazing. I would recommend it to anybody. It was to take you back to being like prehistoric days and thinking like, oh, imagine yourself seeing this and not knowing what it is. It's pretty cool. Well, imagine that seven-day forecast that says like, "Don't bother showing up." Right? Exactly. If you're, if you're this guy, you got to worry about that. All right, quick break. We'll have Jim Cornelius soon when we come back. Keep it here. Memorial Day at staying on seven twenty WGN. It is one of those days after the greatest spectacle in racing, and there's a lot of people that are tired. Some are bruised. Some are you know you know, sort of caught on fire, you know, and certainly had a big day. Maybe three hundred fifty, almost four hundred thousand people there. One guy was uh, playing a very important role to basically light the fuse and light that incredible audience uh, on fire with uh, back home again in Indiana he is our our very own you know we feel like he's Chicago's very own of course the the anthem singer for the Chicago Blackhawks but we have to share him with the world as he is uh, one of those major components for the Indianapolis 500 is the one and only Jim Cornelius and Jim welcome to WGN
2: Hi, right, Dan. How you doing, man?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And uh, how are you? How are you doing? You know, is it? Well, first off, we got to say, and for those people that watched, I'm sure millions around the world, you know, you're you're in a, a position of a lot of I don't want to say it's pressure, right? Maybe it's an opportunity. But it was amazing. You've done it a bunch of times. I'm sure you critique yourself in, in ways that we can't even maybe see or, or understand. But I thought it went really well.
2: I, I think it went great, you know? Uh, and, yeah, I always get nervous, and, yeah, there's pressure, but there is also opportunity. So those things aren't exclusive, are they? And in fact, they, in my experience, most often go go hand-in-hand. Hand. So great opportunity comes with great uh, pressure, and that, of course, is a very high-profile moment uh, in the pre-race ceremony before this huge, huge international sporting event. So it's really an honor to be part of it, and I just try to set myself up to do the best job i can every year
0: yeah it's, it's one thing to have that opportunity it's another thing to completely deliver and you have done that where so many people walk away from your performances whether it's the national anthem of course back home in indiana and it's like it changes everything it isn't just some sort of obligatory thing that happens before a sporting event it makes everybody just i mean the crowd gets so energized and uh, and so absolutely insane so i you know i know you pretty well and so we've talked about it for a long time but um it has just been you know there are some roles that are that are made for people and this one you know there's a lot of people out there singing the national anthem and and many doing a great job with it I think you're one of the the top people out there certainly for the blackhawks you create an entirely different environment but when it comes to back home again in Indiana for the you know what is the you know the greatest spectacle in racing the biggest you know collection of people one day for a sporting event it's almost like you're the perfect guy I don't know if there's anyone out there that could do it like you do
2: well, I, uh, first off, I'm, I'm really honored to be part of it. And it's such an amazing tradition, right? And you got to ask yourself, how am I going to fit into something like that? This is arguably like the the best pre-race, pre-event, pre-sport game uh, ceremony before any event, you know? And it's on Memorial Day. There's always an incredible uh, talent and meaning uh, acknowledgement of the veterans and the involvement of military. And, uh, uh, it's so on point for in so many ways. And so I just try to bring myself to that if I'm made for it, which is, I guess, an ego gratifying thing to think, but it's really because I, I try to understand the weekend and the race and the fans and, uh, and then deliver something that would fit into what, what they do. Um, and it's been a tremendous thrill and honor to be part of it.
0: Well, you mentioned that it is one of those kind of you know, special moments in sports and special kind of lead ups in sports. They were talking about it. Doug Bull was saying it's the it's the greatest ninety minutes in sports, that entire lead up. And it is all very orchestrated, very calculated, very like on point, whether it's this performance or whether it's the jets that are flying over, whether it's Jewel doing the national anthem. Talk a little bit about that for the for the listeners, just like what kind of schedule you're on and how you sort of pace, I guess maybe your preparation. Could you like if you had to do it ten minutes early, would it throw you off or do you have it sort of dialed in in your own mind? this countdown to performance
2: uh i have it dialed in it's a countdown to performance and i've developed some uh routine to it now and i'm I'm on site 10 or 15 minutes by on site i mean standing just off of the stage 10 or 15 minutes uh before and i'm in a a room somewhere warming up before that and i'm kind of quiet and i have my guests and stuff have come and i say okay everybody's got to go away now you know (laughs) because i want to be focused on what what i'm about to do for people who have not been to the race before they might not understand like back home again in indiana is it's like an anthem you know everybody knows every word they know every note and it's the it's the song that happens before they say gentlemen start your engines it just has this place in this pre-race ceremony that is very very special to people and like you said uh it's not just obligatory right i mean people tune into this pre-race ceremony and then uh after um gentlemen start your engines you know the cars take off and people might watch you know five ten whatever 20 laps and then they might go away for an hour and then come back to the broadcast you know uh because it's a long race 500 miles but the pre-race ceremony draws people's attention. Everybody is in place for it. Uh, they get to the track early, and they want to be there. They want to see this.
0: I mean, it is it is can't-miss TV, but you have done that, and we'll talk about that in the next segment, too. When it comes to the Blackhawks, you don't want to miss you know, you don't want to miss, Jim, right. you don't want to miss the beginning, you don't want to miss the anthem, you don't want to miss the people, and for the Indy 500, you definitely do not want to miss that situation. The last thing before we go to break, you know, because in, in, even for the anthem, there's so many peop- things happening for, you know, a Blackhawks game, your people are, you know, you're getting your beverages, you're you're trying to get into place, and there's a lot going on, and you've got the veterans standing right next to you, and there's just a ton going on, obviously, it's amazing when you do the anthem, but for the Indy 500, and for the listeners that watched it, and for you, Jim, like it like zooms in, and you are like, by yourself. You are a man on an island, like a literal. You're on this pedestal, <laughs> and you're there's like nobody within like 50 feet of you. And like the yeah. like, it, it, like once you get into it, I'm sure you get into that flow and that vibe, and you're like, I got this. This is what I do. But is there a moment where you kind of even like look around and say like, Whoa.
2: Oh, my God. I mean, when I first walk in on the track, uh, well, I'm in town Thursday night, right? The race is on Sunday. so, And I'm on the track for rehearsal. I'm out there for uh, practice on Friday and the crew competition, things like that. And every time I go into that track, I haven't been there for a year, I'm always blown away from it, by it. And that's just with the empty stand. But so when you put all the people in the, in the stands, all of a sudden it gives the track depth and color and life in such a huge uh, way. And one thing you said while you were talking that reminded me of something I've never thought about before, really, is that, yeah, the Blackhawks, we, we have the anthem just before the puck drop, and that's kind of the pinnacle moment. Everybody wants to be in place for the anthem at a Blackhawk game. Um, and I, I think that, because I've done the Blackhawks, all, all their anthems now for 15 years, it occurs to me that, that that's actually been a sort of a, a frame of reference or a lens that... I see my role at the Indianapolis 500 in the in the same way, because back home again in Indiana is this pinnacle moment in the pre-race ceremony in the same way the anthem is with the Blackhawks. Everybody is in place for it. They anticipate it. They sing along. They cheer. They cry. They hug. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty uh, amazing moment, right? And there are a lot of similarities, too.
0: Yeah, you you light that fuse on those moments. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Jim Cornelius. We're going to talk about association with motorsports, some ideas in the works right now. You heard that. Millions of people heard that all over the place. The pushing 400,000 in attendance and, and millions in countries all across the world. The voice of Jim Cornelius and the voice of the Indianapolis 500 back home again in Indiana. He is on the line with us. Jim, welcome back.
2: Hey, great to be back. Before we get started, I want to say you gave me a, a, a taste of that El Bendito Blanco uh, one day, and that was, like, really good, and I am a tequila guy. Um, so I'm just kind of thinking I should hold you hostage, because why you gave me a glass, you never gave me a bottle. Yeah. And uh, if we're going to finish this interview, I think I should use what leverage I have to get a, uh, a commitment for a bottle of that El Bandito, uh tequila.
0: Duly noted, and I would consider it a public service, right? We want to keep your voice as smooth <laughs> as possible, and it's so smooth it's criminal. That's the tagline. So I think the America deserves you to have as much as you need, right, to keep making it happen. <laughs> Uh, out there, I, I wanted to ask you because people associate you, and of course rightly so with the Blackhawks and with the Indianapolis 500 but here's the thing that I, and I think and the listeners, if you've got anything to maybe text in 312-981-7200 your experience, if you've been there right for Jim Cornelius to do the thing I remember one of the things one, one of the events where you had an impact that went far beyond the entertainment value or even the patriotic value or like we said, just you're obligated to hear the National Anthem before an event was that Bears playoff game where you came out and you did the national anthem and it was i think it was the quarterback it was matt hasselbeck who said in the post-game press conference after the entire game is like we lost the game after the national anthem and that was because of you so you talk about 12th man you got one right here yeah.
2: <laughs> well that's great i mean uh i think it was very finalist uh told me about uh that interview that matt hasselbeck was on um and he, he said that, and uh, I thought, wow, that's really cool. But I take that stuff tongue-in-cheek, too. I mean, I, I think certainly it impressed everybody. Maybe it, uh, maybe it took their mind away from the game plan for a moment. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I, well, I think what it does say is that it's a really, it's a really powerful, powerful thing. The way we do the National Anthem in a Blackhawk game. And, of course, that kind of uh, migrates over to a Bears game when I, uh, when I sing there, too.
0: Well, okay, so tale of two anthems. This was something that that we had as far as the the where you were you sang one at one venue and then you were able to do it and you know it is so much put into one of it's like you know like a Mariano Rivera right a relief pitcher like he puts it all into that one inning right he's not you know pitching the uh whole time so you do this like how many anthems could you do if you had to do them like in a row could you do like could you do a few or is it kind of like okay well you need a certain amount of kind of regrouping in order to prepare for the next one
2: yeah i need a little regrouping because um i i uh i kind of put everything i got in the anthem i want it done i need a chance to breathe but i also need a chance to take some pressure off my vocal cords so i have done a couple three in a row before for uh maybe an interview or a recording session or something like that but i always need a, a couple minutes Three four minutes in between. The most I've done in one day was five, and that was just a golf Whoa. outing at eight a.m., a golf outing at ten thirty a.m., and then uh, I do don't remember what they were. And in the end, at the end of the day, was a fireworks uh, oh thing geez. at like nine, nine thirty or ten o'clock at night. So um, the singing is part of it, but also the talking and the travel and the just having to stay on all day. Um, that was a tiring day,
0: I gotta admit. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you can you can admit well, you gotta strike while the iron is hot. Here's the thing, what if you had and I was talking with Mario Andretti about this this weekend. And what if you had like six hours? You know, they always talk about and this is going to happen next year with Kyle Larson. Of course, NASCAR star. He'll be here for the, the NASCAR street race. He's a great dirt track driver. He's he is going to do the double. And for the listeners who are not familiar with that, it's when a driver does the Indy 500. Then they get in a plane. They fly to the Coca-Cola 600 in Charlotte and they do them wow. both. And so I had, and you and I talked about this, and we're going to have lots of conversations with the NASCAR folks out here. We're doing a giant uh, live three-hour remote broadcast from Bub City the Thursday of, of Race Week. Lots of interaction with them, and if they wanted to step on, step up their event and and get a little bit of the grandeur that is the Indy 500, it would make sense to do a double to have, let's say, you do back home again in Indiana, and then you're able to go to Charlotte and be able to do the Anthem. Now, I don't know if that's something that that you would, you know, I I think you would want to do. I know the fans would absolutely love it. I know they're always trying to tie those events together. Do you think physically that would be something that you could do?
2: Oh, yeah, I could do it physically. I I, I love the idea. I think it would be fantastic. And What I've seen in the last few years is, like, what's good for uh, racing one uh, league in racing is good for, race, car racing in general, so Drive to Survive for F1 was great for F1, but it's, it's all been uh, a rising tide that's lifting NASCAR and IndyCar and er- everybody, right? So, Wow. Yeah, I, I would love to do it. Um, I mean, there's certainly media opportunity in it for you mentioned that Tale of Two Anthems I think Blackhawks did a, a video about that uh, when I did the Blackhawk game and then went and did the, uh, the Bears game that within a couple hours of each other. I guess this would be a little more travel.
0: Yes. Oh, they'd have they'd have to get you there, and then, of course, lots of lozenges and all of that. And as we let you go, Jim, you got to keep your hand 10 and 2 on the wheel making your way back to Chicago. Where is the website, social media-wise, for people to keep up with all the adventures?
2: Oh, I have a at anthem underscore singer uh, or jimcornelison.com. But uh, really, I'm the most active on Twitter and Instagram, so it's at anthem underscore singer. Um. Yeah, that's that, that's where to do that. Uh, I just tweeted out today a uh, incredible article about a Air Force Gunnery uh, Sergeant named uh, I think it was James Cook in Vietnam, and uh, it's just an article that I read that I thought was on point for Memorial Day. But it was such a heart uh, uh, heart gripping uh, story about this guy. But you know, it's not always about something like that. But on this weekend, it is. I yep. put out stuff too, just about what I uh, what I what I do and where I'm at. And, uh, yeah, and sometimes my quirky sense of humor comes through, but um, it is what it is. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad joke kind of guy, you
0: know? <laughs> We're going to have links up at WGNRadio.com for all of that and all the association at all times supporting the men and women in uniform as well. Jim, we'll let you get back to your memorial. though. Thanks so much for everything you're doing, and thanks for jumping on the show today.
2: Oh, you bet, Dane. Always a pleasure to talk to you. See you at the races. Whatever. Always good. We'll see
0: you soon. Bye.